Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan Recap, a podcast from Clear Creek Community Church. We're walking through the entire New Testament together in 2024, and in each episode, we'll discuss the past week's scripture reading, what we've learned, how God has convicted us, and how we can prayerfully devote all of this in real ways. We hope it's helpful. Today we're sitting down, we're starting a new thing. What did you we say it was going to be called again? Rachel had it. Reading Plan Recap. Yes. The Reading Plan Recap. Yes. So here we are. So... As a church, we're doing uh, read through the New Testament. You plan. seem like you're not sure. I am. If we are. <laughs> I'm just we are, Ted. We, we, I don't know. Here, yes. we, we've started, so but we got to yes. give some people some context yeah, as sure. to what this is if they haven't been in any of our services. So yeah. we're reading through the New, New Testament. Mm-hmm. There's a reading plan. A chapter a day. A chapter a day. Yep. It starts with Luke. If people want to do this and they don't know about this yet, they go to Clear Creek Resources. Yep. Yes. org, and yes. there's somewhere on there. It's yeah. also on every campus, campus page. page. Yes. It's the right. first thing on each campus page for next step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you go to clearcreek.org, yep. hit the hamburger, go now to do a campus page, you'll find it under yes. next step. And we have bookmarks at all the campuses. So next Sunday you're there, just ask for one because yep. there's plenty. Okay, cool. And so along with this reading plan, that some of this is help, it's going to be the unpacking for me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've laid out a way that we want people to read. We did a podcast on this that mm-hmm. released. I don't know when this releases. It'll be a couple weeks ago, but uh, talking about bread, the acronym mm-hmm. to be still and pray, read the scripture, uh, examine the text, apply the text, and then devote to prayer. Yes. Yep. So this is a, was a new thing for me. When you guys said, hey, let's do this, I'm like, dude, I'm not a big daily Bible reader. I, I lack discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, me too. And so... Uh, it's helpful. It's it, just a helpful tool. It is. To just think through what what reading your Bible can and should look like, which is, you know, be still, pray, read, yeah. right? It's pretty simple, so you don't have to use bread, but it really is just how we come to God's word. Yeah. It's an easy way to remember. And I think the thing that was helpful for me is like, I thought of this like, man, I'm, I'm getting ready to start to run, run a marathon. I got to start training. Like I'm not going to be able to run 13 miles day one. It's going to, it's going to take some time. Yeah. So, but I was definitely discouraged, especially this first week as I was reading it and, you know, not setting aside a specific time. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, let, let, I would guess, what would we say is our hope, one of the goals for our time together here, for the listeners, what are we hoping to accomplish? I think that may be helpful. Well, hopefully it's uh, encouraging because uh, we're going to be honest about like exactly what you just said. This week was hard for me to yeah. have that consistent time and day set aside and all that. Uh, so realize that we're all that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then also, uh, part of our hope is we can provide some insight uh, about how God's Word is impacting our own lives, and maybe we even get the opportunity to answer questions along the way that would provide insight for people into the text itself. Yeah. So this is um, a a spiritual practice that we do on our own. We do that with God on our own time. But anything that we do, we're we're really trying to do within community. Yeah. You know, and so part of what we hope this podcast is, is us as a church family say, hey, we're, we're really doing this together. Yeah. We're, we're asking you to find the time and the space to be alone with God, but we're all doing that as a family. And so hopefully this is just one way that we can do that. And, and also studying God's Word by yourself is really a modern thing because throughout church history, most people didn't have their own copy of the Scriptures. They encountered God's Word as a people. Yep. And so it's a good gift that we all have our own copy of the Scriptures and can do this 
But I think most people have experienced God's word with others. Mm -hmm. And so this is us trying to do that. And just practically, we're going to do one week. So yeah. it's, it's a recap because it's hopefully what people have been, you know, working through themselves. And then we're going to sort of do a recap. And we're obviously not going to be able to go through every single verse. We're not going to, this isn't, yeah. we're not teaching yeah. everybody. But we're just going to show you this is what, this is what we did. And these are the things we saw and how God is moving in our own, own hearts as we do this. Yeah. It'll just be... A little bit of that because of a limited time, obviously. Yeah, no, that's good. So I'm curious, just right quick, again, I know this is a weird one because we're having to give a lot of context for yep. stuff, but I'm curious for you guys, like, what what was the rhythms that you found yourself into in the first week of this? Was it, is it a consistent time each day? Is it just like kind of when you get to it? Is it in the morning, afternoon? I don't know. Just kind of unpack yeah. some practical. I mean, I, mean, I agree with you. It's it's hard. You know, it's always hard. And having the reading plan makes it better and easier. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, I really, you, I notice more whenever I'm slipping, which is yeah. good, but also is frustrating, especially starting. Like you're saying, you know, you're running a marathon and it's hardest in the beginning. And that yeah. is what it felt like to me. Uh, we have four kids and they all go, they go to school at different times. And so what I know I should be doing is getting up before they get up because that's how I can be most consistent, but I don't want to. And so really what I've been doing is when my last one goes to school, which is 840, that's when I do it. Because that's when I feel like I can actually be still. That's when I feel like I cannot think about the next thing that's coming and getting my kids up and all that. So that's when I've had to do it, which isn't really ideal because sometimes things are going to have to happen at 830 or 9 o'clock. But for now... That's what I did. Uh, yeah, for me, it, if it doesn't happen first thing, then it's really hard for it to happen later. Yeah. So I do best when I wake up before everybody else and get it done. Uh, and so I would say that this week, for the last couple of weeks, if I was being honest, that's happened by maybe a little more than half the time. I had hoped 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. So then I have to make space somewhere else in my day. And the reading plan and knowing we're doing this, mm-hmm. yeah, it helps, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and then having a makeup day in the reading plan also. We yes. put that in there on purpose mm-hmm. because we know this happens to all of us. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there were, yeah, there was one day I doubled up because I missed one altogether. So the next day I just did two. Mm-hmm. I did one in the morning and I did one over my lunch break. And how you planned the reading plan uh, makes that that pretty simple. It's not like, you know five chapters a day. So yeah. if you do have to double up, which I did too, oh, yeah. then it that's manageable. Yeah. What I found was one chapter a day was actually a lot easier than I thought yeah. uh-huh. it yeah. was going to be. It was a lot shorter. I'm a big like multi-sensory learner. I can't just read something and retain it. I got to like listen to it. I got to listen to it while I look at the words or I got to like read it out loud while I look at it. And so uh, for me, most of the time, I was listening to it without looking at it and then listening to it while I looked at it. And there were some days where I just listened to it, but yeah. it was interesting as I went back on other days how much I was like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read, just listen mm-hmm. through because how fast it is. So mm-hmm. it gave context, you know, right. instead of just, uh, you know, just listening to four, I'm going to start with three and go into four or something. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, when, we, when we looked it up as we were making the plans for this reading plan, uh, we saw in the audio Bible, each chapter takes between four and seven minutes to read. And the yeah. psal- some of the Psalms are even shorter. Like this week, Psalm 1 was super yeah. short, mm-hmm. six verses. Oh, yeah. So, man, this is manageable. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so let, let, let's kind of jump in, and I, I don't think we have a specific way because, you know, this is the first time we're just yeah. trying to figure stuff uh, out, right? Can I th- There's a question that I've gotten a bunch okay. uh, just about the design of the reading plan that I think I'd like to answer okay. before we get started, and that's why we're starting with Luke. Ah, I, I don't know if that was that. your plan. Okay, because Matthew's the first book of the New Testament. We started with Luke on purpose because Luke and Acts were, were written as a pair, both by Luke, and they match up. So... We wanted to space the Gospels out throughout the year and only start with one. It didn't make as much sense to go Matthew-Acts as it does Luke-Acts because yeah. they're a literary pair. So we've spaced out Mark and Matthew and John later into mm-hmm. the reading plan on purpose. And we've paired them where we have. We'll talk about that later for a reason. Yeah. So there you go. No, I think I think that's helpful. But that also makes me bring up the point that you had a really good question. Let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. Which one? The, 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 one, from a sm- <laughs> the one from a small group. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and I like, let's just, um, let's talk about that for a second too. We, like I said, we really are wanting to do this as a church family. Yeah. And so if you are doing this with your small group or doing it on your own or with, um, you know, a partner, if we would love to have your questions, we would love to sort of sift through those. And whenever we get a lot of those, then just talk through those with each other on the podcast. And hopefully that helps. Um, but we have our first one. It's actually from a small group that's already started the reading plan. Yeah. I, we probably should have thought of this. Like, how do people get us the they, questions? Okay, so just email them to clearcreekresources at clearcreek.org. Okay, clearcreekresources we'll at clearcreek.org. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I hope you guys really do that because that would be so fun. For sure. We, we really want those questions. So our first one is from a small group who's doing the reading plan, and it was, uh, why why Luke? You know, you talked about we're doing Luke, but, but why does Luke have a gospel? He was an apostle, so why is his book, The Word of God. Yeah. and Go, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad I have you all here uh, <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a renowned biblical scholar here. Uh, I'm just kidding. I have no idea why. You, you start. Yeah. So <laughs> I, mean, I mean... Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this yeah. in the first week of the Goodreads series, yes. that the New Testament was compiled by eyewitnesses or close associates of the apostles uh, who were all eyewitnesses to the, the life and acts of Jesus. And so Luke is one of those. In fact, his gospel starts, in as much as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. That's important. He's not talking about just random people that saw, yeah. but but the people that participated yep. with Jesus uh, of the word have delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also having followed all things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that have been taught. So mm-hmm. uh, Luke, who later we learn is a physician, he's educated, he took a, a great pains to write an orderly account with all the detail that he did. And if for some reason it were inaccurate, the early church would have dismissed it. Yeah. And so that's that's why Luke, I would say. Yeah, that's why Luke for sure. I, I do recommend if you did miss that sermon, yeah. go online and listen to it. It's a really super helpful, great sermon. In fact, uh, Luke was referenced in it as yeah. one of the examples, Luke, which was, I was so excited yeah, when I saw yeah. that. Um, so I just would recommend uh, listening to that. And also, this was written about, I think, 60 um, AD. And um, this was a time whenever it was really spreading everywhere. And so I think, and I think in the sermon it was mentioned a lot of times if it's persecution without or some heresy within, that's whenever things need to be set down, yeah. need to be written down. It's an oral tradition, but you have to say, okay, well, what are, what is the gospel? What, what are the true stories? Yeah. 
And so at this point in history, it was at so many places and people were hearing so many things. And, you know, you read in Acts later that a lot of heresy is going on. So Luke is saying, I'm going to set down really what happened. I'm going to give you an orderly account so you can trust in what you have been taught, which I would say that was one of the first things that I even noticed in the text is, is this is, this is so we can trust what we've been taught. You yeah. know, and I think we sort of skim over that because we can think of the Bible as just stories, you know, Bible stories that our parents tell us. But this is a historical account mm-hmm. of real events that happened. Yep. And it's really well written. He's a really, really good writer, Lucas, too. I mean, he's one of the best writers in the New Testament. And so uh, it's That's just a pretty bold claim. Uh, that's what scholars who are smarter oh. than I am. I thought that you're just say. like, hey, you're one of the best. I'm like, oh, like, dang. This is my favorite book. Yeah. No. Oh, no, I mean, I agree. He yeah. has written very well this yes. account. And he's like got these themes that, I mean, we can talk about all this, but he sets up the next turn. He's mm-hmm. doing yeah. so many great things in it. Yes. Com- Even his the structure of it yep. is, is based on a very f- f- uh, formal, formulaic type of writing from that time. And he's he is very clearly educated, and he's using uh, lots of stylistic things that are from the Old Testament. I mean, he's, yep. he's doing something very specific. Yep. So it's really, really well written. Yep. Yeah, I think that was a helpful message uh, sermon too to listen to. Is the first sermon mm-hmm. of our Goodreads yes. series uh, to go back to, but I think it did definitely help inform as I was reading this, thinking through like, oh man, was you know Luke at all these places? Like even throughout all the gospels, like all these people like really there, they, mm-hmm. they knew everything. It was helpful to understand that it wasn't just like one person necessarily. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Who, who just, you, who just, they yeah. all, they were doing this together. It's yeah. a human, again, communal effort. Yeah. God works through a people. Yep. And how the, the how God ordained like the filtering of mm-hmm. the best of the best yeah. writings to ultimately give us yeah. what we have yes. uh, here. Yes. So. Yeah. Also, just one last thing about Luke is he's also, he's a companion of Paul. And it does, he doesn't say in here, I'm Luke, right? Like a lot of the letters have. But we know it's Luke because Luke and Acts go together. And then in Acts, he says we. He he starts saying we because he's with Paul. And then Paul says later, Luke was with me. And so he was one of the people who experienced all of the things that he's talking about as well. And again, just a reminder that that this was a big deal. They were proclaiming that Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. All throughout Luke, you're going to see that. And that is a political, um, dangerous statement to be making so that's one of the reasons why it's trustworthy, too. It's because he was actually alive during this time. Yeah. He was a missionary, and that was very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. All right, let, let, let's hop in. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as we look through those, the, the first week, it was, what, one through four in Psalm 1. One through, one through one five. Through five. Yeah, one through five, five in Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Yeah. I guess I Ted hasn't read five yet. <laughs> no, I did read five. <laughs> five is a long Five Five is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Five... <laughs> Yeah, a turn is made from four yeah. to five. Yeah. All right. So, what 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 are some of the things that like stood out to you guys, or what what was worth uh, mentioning in your time working through? I know you 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 had mentioned just even a second ago. Just it's it, it's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. It's true, or it gives us the ability to have that. I don't know. Let's let's, let's jump yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's part of um, E is examining the text. And I think we'll talk about this too. It's also examining yourself. Um, yeah. But first you examine the text. You have to read it first and then study it some. And so um, one, of the, one of the first things that I really noticed and then the more I sort of dug into it is 
is how many references there are to the Old Testament. Um, and I mean, it's just all Old Testament. I mean, you can see it in, again, like I said, the style. He's trying to sort of take you back even with uh, some of the songs that are sung and how he describes things. Um, and then also just references to Abraham and David over and over because Luke was a Gentile convert, but he is, he's rooting this in the Old Testament. This is Judaism promises fulfilled. I mean, yep. it's on like almost every page. That's one of the things that I just, every page you read is just full of Old Testament references. Yeah, we're reading the New Testament, but Jesus uh, enters the story of Israel. Mm-hmm. Like he, all, all the books that come before this are the history and story of Israel and God working through a people, and Jesus comes into that story. Uh, and so we, we have to, I mean, jumping right in, we may not always have that in mind, but it's so helpful to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's another, uh, just thinking through um, what Luke is proclaiming. He's proclaiming this is historical and true. And he really is also saying, you know, these are promises that have all been fulfilled in Jesus. Even so, sometimes we get like wiser genealogy in here, you know, we sort of skip over that. But whenever Luke goes into the genealogy, which I have my Bible right here, I don't know what it is, but he... Um, the end of one there. The end of one. Is it? No. Yeah. yeah but anyway, when, when he goes to the genealogy, it's there for a specific purpose, right? He's not just saying, okay, you need to know his family because that's just what we do. There's always a purpose for it. And he, and he references David and he references Abraham. And then he goes all the way back to Adam. Yeah. And so you can already tell just by that, what Luke is going to go through, what, what his message is going to be, which is Jesus is savior, Messiah, Lord, uh, He's the fulfillment of David, the yep. promise of an eternal king. He's the fulfillment of the promises to Abraham, you know, a light to the nations, the promises to Israel. And he is for everyone, which is why he goes all the way back to Adam. He is a universal savior. So, yeah. I mean, that's just all in all of this beginning before he even starts talking about Jesus. Starting out for me, I'm coming off of last year, uh, my small group read all the way through the Bible. And I, I try to do that every other year. And so I've just come out of a year of like reading a four or more chapters a day to get through the whole mm-hmm. Bible. And to do that is a different experience than to read one chapter and slow down and, and use something like bread. Because I didn't use a, a, like the bread acronym to study when I read all the way through. So I appreciated just the like complete change in pace. I'm going to read one chapter and then I'm going to use the bread acronym, not even on the whole chapter, but I I tried to pick, that's one thing I learned this week, is that what works best for me is to pick a piece of that that stood out, and I want to examine this piece or a couple of, rather Mm -hmm. than the whole thing, because a chapter is still too much to to get a commentary out on or study on, or yeah, because a lot happens in one chapter. Yeah. So I appreciated the change in pace, and then I also learned like, oh, I've got to pick just a little section of Mm -hmm. this to then work on. Yeah, I think early on I was I struggled with with the bread uh, stuff, especially in the like I want to make. Uh, it's probably what they talk about in the how to study the Bible class, where it's like having the context, like okay, well, what does this have to do with me, and where do I fit in the story? It's like, well, that's yeah. not what this is about. That's not. But I did notice uh, as I was reading or seeing things, like I would have questions or like, what the heck is that about? Like I know in the first one where it talked about the the Holy Spirit was in, uh, John was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know why, but I'm like, 
that seems different. Like, I don't think there's a lot of, I haven't read that a lot of times in the yeah. Bible where we hear about the Holy Spirit and, you know, indwelling a, a yeah, even like it's an infant in, in the womb. Yeah, yeah, in utero. Right. And so that just became something that I think later what I, what I started to see was, man, you know, reading these and early on, like listening and listening and reading, how much it started to influence or I found myself dwelling on, uh, even the questions, and maybe that's some of the whole point of uh, this plan and growing in this. But. Yeah, well, that jumped out to you, but also Luke points out, so people being filled with the Holy Spirit was not common pre-Pentecost, yeah. yeah. which we're going to read about in Acts, but but Luke points that out other times. So mm-hmm. uh, you have Simeon comes into the temple, he's, he's got the Spirit yep. of God in him, mm-hmm. and the prophetess Anna, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's in the Spirit, and they're at the temple because... They're expecting to see the Messiah, so like and Mary, whenever she yep. conceives, yeah. Yep. So you, you have that's one thread, yeah, that Luke starts to weave together. He for does. Us. This and is a special situation, yeah. and I actually think that's something that's really amazing because I noticed that too. This the spirit is everywhere, yeah, mm-hmm. is everywhere in here, and it is unique. And you know, Luke has experienced the outpouring of the spirit, yeah, that was promised and then given through Jesus. Because he go, he takes us all the way through Acts when you really start to see you know more and more of the Spirit in the New Testament, and so I love that he he's he knows that is what was happening, yeah. and then he's experienced the fruit yeah. of that, and so I, I love that. All right, so I, you know this is going to be hard, guys, as we try to navigate. <laughs> it's like in each one, each day. So I'm just curious as we like look as we look through you know the the, the first couple things. What were some things that stood out, or what were some things that were uh, challenged by, you were encouraged by? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll say one one big theme for Luke. You know, I mean, all of all of the authors in the New Testament have theological themes in their in their books. It's the same thing in the Gospels, and one of his themes is this, which we talk about at church a lot: this upside down kingdom yeah. that Jesus is the King of. Right? He's the King, but it's upside down. It's the King. I mean, he he opens up his ministry in these chapters by by reading from Isaiah. But it's it's I'm here to to rescue the poor, to mm-hmm. set slaves free, and you know he's. The angel goes to the shepherds. It's not the three wise men with presents. It's the shepherds in yeah. Luke's story. It's it's Mary and Elizabeth, someone who's barren and an outcast. So there's 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 already this theme of the upside down kingdom, and that's so noticeable right from the beginning. And for me, that was um, really convicting. Yeah, that was that was a part of okay. I'm, I'm examining the text and I'm seeing that throughout it. And now when I examine my own heart. You know that was the spirit convicting me. Is that is that what you, the kingdom you're representing? Are you representing an upside down kingdom? Because if I'm a missionary for this gospel, which I am, I'm an ambassador, and I believe it's true. Is that is that what I'm showing the world? Am I welcoming outcast? Am I inviting, you know, people who aren't usually invited? So yeah, that was a big one for me. I I also. That theme just ran through for me. So it starts with um, the first place it stood out was in Mary's Magnificat. Mm-hmm. Like what a what a beautiful uh, expression of what she's experiencing. So what what struck me this time is when I well re- tell everybody what that is. Oh, sorry, that's in uh, Luke one. So when she when she sees her cousin and 
John the Baptist in the womb, like yeah. full of the Spirit moves, and then Mary, beginning in chapter one, verse forty-six, has this song or poem. And uh, when I consider her age, so she's mm-hmm. young; she's a young woman, but somehow in these words displays such uh, faith, such maturity, such wisdom, and like clear understanding of of who God is and what is about to happen. That it has to be something beyond her, mm-hmm. uh, but then also I think gives credit to who she is. But uh, she, I think a theme that runs through this is humility. So it runs through she, what she has to say, what uh, Zechariah has to say, and then what the angels declare to the shepherds. And it's like there's this thread. And of, John, uh, yeah, like even his whole ministry is a ministry of humility. Yeah, really. Uh, so, and I think that, that humility. What, what stood out to me is humility is part of this upside-down kingdom, mm-hmm. is that Jesus comes for those that you wouldn't expect him to, and, uh, and, and those who experience him are, are, tend to be, or really are in the scriptures, those who fear God, those who have this humility about themselves and see God as their king. Mm-hmm. So, Can, And I just want to piggyback off that because that's so good. And another thing that was really convicting to me as, as I'm reading this is that they're also so willing and obedient yeah. to be used by God. I mean, the things that God was asking of Mary were really hard things. Yep. And her response and her humility and, you know, just faithfulness to God was, you know, I just going forth. Same thing with John the Baptist. I mean, with everyone who God uses, he, he, he uses people you don't expect him to use, the outcasts. You know, when we read poor, we think, uh, just in terms of wealth, but for poor biblically, it's it's anyone who's sort of marginalized. And that's who he uses, and it includes women. And, you know, but you have to say yes. You know, right. the spirit came upon her, and God, yeah. God invites her, and then she is a part of his story. I mean, it's just incredible. You know, I, I, so again, like, you guys have such really good stuff here. My, mine was more like simple things, like when it started talking about John the Baptist and, you know, he wouldn't uh, drink or drink too much somewhere. I forget where it was. It was probably yeah, he early was on. But no, no, about the the, the bay, he would grow up. And, uh-huh. he, and I'm thinking, like, what the, why, why him? Like, why is that a restriction or uh, something to be? It's like, oh, well, thank God for the footnotes as you go explore yeah. more. It's like, oh, so they wouldn't, like, confuse him for... Uh, from being from Nazarene or whatever. You well, know, it's so part of a, an Old Testament Nazarite vow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the Old Testament, there were the, the 12 tribes, but one tribe is set apart as the priests. And so they live differently. They don't, uh, well, there's a lot about what they do. And God calls them to a different lifestyle. But then any person who wants to be set aside, that's not uh, part of that tribe that wants to live a life like the priests do. They take yeah. a Nazarite vow, yeah. and it has some of those same commitments. Mm-hmm. And so this is like one of those, uh, Tim Mackey would call it an Old Testament hyperlink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, yep. Yeah. It's a, he, he is a person who is set apart specifically for God in a way that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his parents were both from the the priestly well, tribe. and that, and that's what I, what I was getting to is like again the struggle with like you want to find your thing. It's like oh well, then like people who want to be used by God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of, oh, yeah. You know, oh, you gotta like uh, no strong you know, drink, no, no strong drink, <laughs> uh, no strong drink for you. Oh, that's that's um, a really really great observation yeah. because that is 
that is what we tend to do. Yeah. You know, just read it. And then if you, if we don't know the context and it, it, it doesn't have to be going through a giant commentary, it can be just taking the time to look at the footnote. Yeah. Do you have footnotes in your thing? No, or is I just, no. You're like, I'm so good. I don't need the footnotes. I got the footnotes up here. No, man, I sit with a study Bible yeah. and then sometimes, uh, and, and other resources too, but I didn't bring my study Bible. Right, I didn't yeah. either. Maybe I well, should have. Study Bibles are hugely helpful. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just let's pause this conversation and endorse the ESV study Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is yes. if I, I've told people for the longest, as long as I can remember, as long as I've had one, if you're going to buy one resource. Mm-hmm. It's ESV, but it's like a sprawls. It's all right. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's still, the, yeah. A study it's Bible, yeah. if you're, if you're going to invest in one resource, yeah. make it that first. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Which makes continue. me think, yeah. like, maybe if we're asking people to do that, I should start reading from the ESV study Bible. How, how much? How long oh, we're, we yeah, we're, we're, we're almost know, out of time. You, yeah, we are almost out of time. I, I guess anything else here that we think would be beneficial oh, yeah. for the... I know you you, you have a, a hard <laughs> stop here, but... I, do you have something? No, go ahead. Okay. I have always uh, wrestled with, not wrestled with, but, like, been so compelled to understand the message of the the heavenly host to the shepherds. So Jesus is born, the angels show up to the shepherds. It's this really cool description of a scene where like angelic beings are showing up to people they shouldn't be talking to, like the shepherds who are outside the city, outcast. They're so dirty they can't attend the Sabbath day, worship, all that stuff. And they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he, God, is pleased. And it's always like, all right, who is God pleased with? Yeah. It makes the, me ask that question. The, who Who is God pleased with? Yeah. And then I just start trying to figure that out. And even though in one sense I know the answer, but in another I wrestle with this. And so this time, uh, in, in digging through my study Bible resources and then a commentary I was reading, it took me back to uh, Mary's Magnificat. So she says, um, she's talking about God. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He has looked on the humble estate of his servant, but then jump down to verse 50, which is a hyperlink to chapter 2, verse 14. And God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So who's God pleased with? It's those who fear him. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to fear God? What do you, th- I mean, what's your answer? <sighs> well, I don't, I wouldn't say the answer. My answer is probably like to have a, a fear of God is the recognition of his holiness and our like depravity, uh, our brokenness and our need of a savior to, you know, experience his holiness for eternity. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, to have the, a healthy fear is that's like the journey of repenting and believing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not being afraid of God. Yeah. Fear of God is really it's being in awe of God, of who he is, of his character, yeah. of his holiness, and knowing who he is in relation to who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the opposite of what most sin is steeped in, which is pride right. and idolatry. Yeah. I, there, I don't think there's one answer yeah. to yeah. what it is to fear God. Uh, so there's a theologian named Daryl Bach who's written a ton on Luke and Acts, mm-hmm. and he says this. He's like, this is this concept of fearing God is uh, rooted all through the Old Testament, but he says it, it this way. It's reverent, humble obedience that seeks to please God. Uh, so in, it, someone who fears God is anyone who acknowledges God's position and authority, those who love God and keep his commandments and follow his ways. Mm-hmm. So, so I was kind of right, dude. Yeah, dude, I you kind of win. <laughs> yeah, that's what... It's allegiance. Yeah, it's allegiance to yeah. God. Yeah. It's like... Uh, so that, yeah. if I was going to put 
all the themes and all the reading and all the thought and prayer into something that I mm-hmm. walked away with this this week. It's that. It's like yeah. humble obedience and reverence and allegiance to God. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, just one last thing, that this was so wonderful to do a month after Christmas. Yeah. You know, because it's like a lot of times we read the story of Jesus' birth at Christmas time. We, we read it before we open presents or, you know, we read it that week. But this isn't a Christmas only story. This is the story. Yep. And it's true. Yep. It is true. And the other part of that is that it changes everything, mm. right? And Luke tells you that from the very beginning, uh, God is changing everything. Jesus, whenever he announces his ministry, I'm changing everything. Yeah. Here I am, and let's go. And that's what it should be for me, yeah. for us. It should be, it's true, and it should change everything. I think what you said earlier is a good way to sum it up. It's it, these first couple uh, chapters, it's the ushering in of this upside down kingdom that, like, in four, like after John comes in and talks about, you know, people bearing fruits and keeping with repentance, it's like whoever has two tunics is to share, uh, to share with him who has none. Whoever has food is to do like the wise. And he's, you know, he's talking to them like, uh, who is this, the tax collectors, like Mm -hmm. collect no more than you're authorized to. Like, it's like all of a sudden things are starting to change for people. It's like, what, what, what? Like, that's not how it's been. And so it's like this, this new way of doing things is, is, is coming in. This is what it looks like to fear God. And right after that, the turn is chapter five. Jesus starts doing those things himself. Yes. Yes. He, he starts healing the sick and. Caring for the poor, he's doing all this in chapter five, and you're like, here it is. Mm -hmm. The kingdom is here. Yeah, and we see it in him. And that was what I was saying before. Like I I, three, when I was doing four, I I went back and read. I was like, man, those like it it bridges right Mm -hmm. in. This is where it happens. So Luke, what a guy. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) I told you he's a good writer. Well, this is uh, one of a few. Uh, I I think this was great. I mean, we're gonna kind of figure this out as we go. Yeah. Hopefully, it's helpful, and hopefully, people engage with us. Yeah. Again, we and, would really love that. Yeah. So if you got questions as you're going through it, Clear Creek Resources at clearcreek.org. Yes. Hey, let's finish in prayer. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll pray. Lord, thank you for your good word to us and the chance we have to engage with it and interact with it and now talk to each other about it. Shape us by it. Help us live uh, with, with fear of you in the right way, reverence and allegiance and awe, and ultimately live out our lives in this upside down kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us for this week's Bible reading recap. We hope these conversations are helpful as we all seek Jesus and his word. Listen, if you go to clearcreekresources.org, we have a lot more resources dedicated to helping you study the Bible. Because when we open the Bible, God opens his mouth. Let's continue to seek God in scripture together. We'll see you next week.